Well, hello again. If you're uh, tuning in online for the first time, we've already had some people calling in trying to figure out what our website name is and uh, those kinds of things. But if you've managed to click the right buttons, hi, my name is Mark. So glad to have you with us in this new experiment of uh, preaching to an empty room. Uh, it's great to have you if you've streamed with us many times before. Obviously, how great is it that we get to be God's church together no matter where we are? Technology is pretty sweet like that. Uh, for the sake this is normally where we shake some hands, so could you just reach towards your computer screen and shake mine? Thank you very much. That was kind of weird, wasn't it, right? Uh, how many of you did that? Also weird that you would raise your hand. Anyway, uh, I'm going to briefly share with us this morning from God's Word in Matthew chapter 6, if you want to turn there. First, I have a few notes that I just want to uh, make mention of as we move forward in this new way together. Uh, if you haven't heard already, Feed the Bay, which was planned for this weekend, is going to be postponed to a later time uh, in the year, as uh, God allows. Uh, I know many of you are wondering, what's up with our church? What's it going to look like in the coming days if we're uh, meeting online now? What does that mean for other ministries? We are still in process with that, but, but here's what I can tell you for sure. We are here for you. We plan, uh, as you know, circumstances were allowed to have our offices open during our weeks together, and so our staff will be available to encourage and to pray and to serve wherever possible as things unfold. Uh, we are going to continue to communicate through the various online portals that we use, our website, Facebook, uh, you can even get uh, some texts and, and, and uh, emails. Obviously, we'll be using those a lot, especially with our individual, individual ministries. So stay tuned and just be aware of what's coming up as we send it to you. Uh, and then here's my hope for us. This is kind of leaning into the preaching a little bit, but here's my hope for us. In this season, let's commit to be God's church together, however that looks. Well, whatever, you know, uh, is, is before us, if, it, if it's changed our, our rhythms and our patterns and our norms, let's just lean into that and let's figure out how we can uh, connect with each other, worship him together, uh, serve where we can, multiply ourselves as disciples. The mission doesn't stop just because the room's empty on a Sunday morning. Are you with me? I hope you are. I can't tell because I can't hear you. It tells us in 1 Peter 3.15, in our hearts, we should honor Christ, uh, the Lord, as holy, and then always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks us for a reason for the hope that is in us, uh, and to do it with gentleness and respect. I think, uh, here, here's what I think. I think this is going to be a season where this church grows, where the message goes out, uh, where, where things uh, improve and uh, go places where they couldn't have gone otherwise, except that God would allow the circumstances we face. Now, one last thing, we normally take up an offering at this point, but it's kind of hard to pass a plate through a screen, so we're not going to use one today. Uh, if you would, there are people in the room. Anyway, uh, uh, if you would, and, and you would like to, I, I, I believe that uh, uh, all of us should continue to give, especially in such a time as this, as, as we might be available to, to serve those around us and uh, as things, you know, continue to develop. Uh, we need to be committed to our giving uh, to God's work together. So, uh, on our website, you can click the, the Give button at the top right-hand corner of the, of the front page. Even as you're streaming, I think you could do that. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you could go to our website and uh, just follow the prompts there as, uh, as the giving uh, uh, menus uh, pull up. We would love to have you give uh, and be a part of that this morning. No plates will be passed. So, how are we doing? Okay. <laughs> Uh, I trust we're all still getting used to the new normal that's landed on us uh, here this past week. Uh, if you're just returning from space, 
Uh, we are in the midst of a, a global medical situation. Uh, some stuff is going on. Uh, everything in our region, uh, pretty much, that would draw a large crowd has been canceled. Um, and it's been kind of weird. Has it been kind of weird for you? A little bit. But in the same way, it's been totally normal. Like I woke up yesterday morning, beautiful day. Um, when we have hurricanes and other things like that, there's usually stuff to clean up. There's, there's wires that need to be repaired. But, but this stuff's happening, and it's like normal, even though it's not. I, I went down to Alderman Ford with my uh, beautiful wife, Eleanor, and we walked our dog around the loop, had a great time, stopped for some roadside barbecue, nothing better than that. Uh, uh, came up here and got ready to be able to preach to you this morning. But uh, the whole time, uh, what's happening was kind of in the, the background of our thinking. It just kind of stays there. Uh, you can't help but see that things are different. You know, in the sports world, everything's stopped, uh, which is kind of a bummer for those of us who like that. Uh, but but I've, I've talked to people about, you know, just the, their thoughts in general as, as things have come down. It wasn't until Thursday night that we even knew we weren't going to have services together. It's, it's kind of fresh. But even as, as we're talking about these things, I find that people um, mostly kind of laying in the middle. I'll talk about that in a second. But some are kind of at the poles, the, 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 the ends of the spectrum, as it were, to approaches uh, to the coronavirus. There's some who are cavalier, right? They're kind of like, hey, this is just a bunch of nothing about something or something about nothing. There's, there's nothing to really fear here. Um, these are, uh, you know, the attitudes embodied in like the customer I saw at the diner, Eleanor and I had breakfast at the other morning. Um, he, he stood up to pay his bill, obviously knew his server from life outside of that restaurant and, and uh, went with the elbow. You know, we're doing a lot of that this morning with the choir and, and, the, and the worship team. We're doing the elbows, you know. Um, but they did the elbow and he says, ah, get in here. I don't care about any virus. And gave this woman a big old hug and, and kissed her on the cheek. It was awkward. Anyway, um, <laughs> Well, but, you know, for some, that's just kind of their mentality. They're, they're super optimistic. They assume that this is, you know, just a, a figment of our government in a world's imagination. I don't agree with them. Uh, I think uh, uh, wisdom is the better part of valor. Is that a saying? Something like that. Uh, uh, we, we need to be smart and, and careful, and that's, that's why you're watching me in your pajamas. But... Uh, um, the, the other end of the spectrum, though, is, is well represented in our culture. It's what we're going to end up talking about today. It's, the, it's not the people who are cavalier. It's the people who are crazy. The, the, I mean, they're just, uh, this is it. Uh, chicken little. The sky is falling. Uh, you didn't have to go far. Uh, well, all you had to do was go to Sam's. I went to Sam's Thursday night to pick up eggs. I mean, I got us some other things. Uh, but I walked in there. It was two hours. By the time I got in line, uh, it was about an hour and a half just to get through to a register. And... Uh, uh, people weren't going crazy and throwing things. They, they do like their toilet paper, though. Has anybody noticed this? I was, I was there for eggs and toilet paper. I had to go to Home Depot to get my toilet paper. Apparently, contractors need that stuff. But uh, it, it, it tends uh, on the fringes to uh, hit people in such a way that, you know, this, they really get crazy. It, it gets uh, um, a, a little nutty. I, I don't recommend either of the ends. Uh, don't be cavalier, don't be crazy. But most of us are probably sitting here and we're kind of in the middle. Maybe trending one direction or the other, but um, when someone asks me about what's going on, I give them an honest answer. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I know, I've read the, you know, the, the information on uh, COVID-19 and I understand what's going on as the news unfolds and what's you know, being uh, recommended and required uh, in the wake of this virus. But uh, like so much else in life, I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. 
What's coming next? Let's all pray that uh, nothing is coming next, that God spares us any of what our experts are predicting on those charts that say, here's what might happen. Uh, But the bottom line is, we just don't know. This is a problem for the humans. (laughs) Humans like to know. Are you one of them? Yeah, typically we are a, a, a species, uh, even those of us who know and follow Jesus Christ. We, we, just, we like our rhythms and, and our routines. We, we like to know what to expect. I, I went away last weekend, Travis did an excellent job preaching in my stead, but I went away last weekend to a destination wedding, two awesome families, it was a great time, I super enjoyed it. Uh, but stayed for a couple nights uh, at one of the you know, beaches uh, south of here. And Eleanor was getting ready to you know, pack that morning as I was hurrying out the door uh, for uh, whatever I was gonna do that day. And she said, hey Mark, before you go, just tell me what to expect. Uh, are we going to the rehearsal dinner? Do I need clothes for that? Are we you know, hoping to spend any time on the beach? And, and, uh, and, and what's the weather gonna be like? Anybody ever you know, looked at the weather before you pack a suitcase? And, and so all of those variables went into her deciding what to bring, what, how to be prepared for what would come ahead. We, we like that, we like to have a sense of what to expect. Uh, it's a bummer when things don't work out like we thought. Like we can think we know what's gonna happen and then it doesn't, has anybody been in there? Yeah, yeah I, I, I uh, woke up last Saturday morning, the, the wedding was at five and about uh, 11, uh, we went to breakfast and came back about 11.30, I realized I had forgotten to pack a dress shirt. Kind of important if you're gonna stand in front of a bunch of people and marry a couple people you know, to each other. And so I thought, well maybe they won't notice, I'll just wear the tie and. But then I said, no, I gotta get one of these things. And so I had to, I had to weigh my options. I could drive all the way back home and, and get the free one or I could go and look for one at a store. Uh, dress shorts are kind of expensive, more than I remember. And uh, so I ended up buying a, a disposable one at a Walmart. It's, it was really great, I just had to wear it once. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, that took my whole day, the whole time that I had set aside to hang out with Eleanor, you know, and just read on the beach and stuff like that, gone. Why? One prepared, because Something happened that I didn't know was gonna happen. Not knowing, it's tough. It's tough on us humans. But here's the truth about life. Uh, We don't know as much as we think. We can make all the plans we want and uh, life continues to happen. Anybody have coronavirus on their schedule for for March this year? No, wasn't there, was it? Uh, God's word talks to us about this um, this need of ours to know and just in, in, in the, the, the frailty or the foolishness that's kind of tied to it. It says in James chapter four, verse 13, come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Uh, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life, he says, for, for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, we ought to wake up each day and say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. It's, it's his call. We're not in control. As it is, you boast about your control and your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. It's interesting that he says that, and here's why. When, when we think that we're in control, we don't need God to be in control. When we're confident that we know, we don't look to God f- for what we don't know. Sometimes uh, this dependence, this uh, lack of uh, reliance on ourselves, it, it's harder to get rid of than others. Especially when we uh, feel pressed, that's usually when our grip on life uh, increases. Uh, maybe you're here this morning and you're feeling that grip clamp down on 
your heart and your mind. And, and uh, if I asked you and we peeled back all the layers of what you know you're supposed to say, uh, maybe you would admit this. Uh, in, in this, this stuff that you don't know, you're afraid. I'm afraid. Ellen and I uh, were watching the news, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday night, and, and we, we shut it off, and, and she just looked at me, and we had one of those honest husband-wife conversations. You know, what's going on? How, how do you feel about this? You know, we arrived at the right places, but we had admitted that, yeah, this is a little, a little weird. I mean, even if this one uh, is, is delivered from us and God provides, it doesn't mean there's not going to be a next one in a world that continues to shrink uh, through travel and exposure. Uh, there's lot, if you want to be, there's lots of stuff to be afraid of. Oh, yeah. Lots of things that can cripple you. And, and we don't like it. We don't like not knowing and, and being out of control. So I'm going to read you just a few verses that help me put in perspective uh, my fears, the things uh, that I get anxious about, uh, common, well-known teachings of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is teaching a crowd uh, who had much to fear there in first century Israel. You think things are hard now. Uh, try living back in those days. The average lifespan was, uh, most scholars agree, around 35 to 40 years. Some lived longer, uh, but most didn't. Uh, infant mortality rates skyrocketed. Uh, in these early uh, ages. Uh, uh, there was not just disease and no medicines or antidotes for them. Uh, there was an incredible uh, probability that you wouldn't have enough to eat because uh, you were just at the mercy of the rains and the weather and, and the crops succeeding. Uh, people uh, uh, the, 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 the difference between the haves and the have-nots was even more pronounced than it is today. And if you were one of the have-nots, uh, you woke up every day, I'm guessing, stressed, wondering, um, in fear. <laughs> to this crowd, Jesus says these words, Matthew 6, 25, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your bodies, whether they're sick or well. Even what you'll put on, your clothing. Is not life more than food, he says, and the, the body more than clothing. Straight up, Jesus just comes out and says this to this crowd. Um, he says, don't worry. It's a common refrain in Scripture. Over and over and over uh, in Scripture, when God's people find themselves in pickles, in dire straits, his message to them is almost always the same, fear not. Like he says those exact words to Isaiah in Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. When Mary and Joseph are both individually visited by angels around the time of the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ, that's one of the first things that the angels say uh, to the parents who had raised Jesus, fear not. When the shepherds uh, are given, you know, the proclamation of his arrival, one of the first things that they hear are those words, fear not. You go back to the Old Testament, and we start with Abraham, God told him to fear not, and, and then later in the book of Genesis, Isaac, God says fear not, to Moses and to Joshua, be strong and courageous, 12 times in the prophet Isaiah uh, himself, to Jeremiah, to Daniel, I could go on, over uh, 100 instances in the English Standard Version, 
of those words together, fear not. One scholar I listened to this week said, uh, if you take all of fear nots and all of their equivalents, there's about 365 commands to not fear in our Bible. I find that super convenient if it's true. Because every day that we wake up, we got one for each day. Hmm. Here in Matthew, uh, once he's told them not to worry, not to be anxious, to fear not, Jesus explains why it doesn't make sense to do so. He says in verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet our, our heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, feeds them. Are you not more value to them or to him than they are? Here's what Jesus is basically saying. You know, your fears are completely unnecessary because there is a God, and he is in control, and he has provided, and he will provide. Look at the birds, man. They didn't plant the trees that they gathered the twigs from to be able to build their nests. They didn't plant the, the seeds of the crops that they buzz around to to grab the seeds of what they're going to eat that day. They didn't do any of that, and yet God has provided for them. How much more so for those that he has created in his image will he provide for us? It's not just unnecessary, it's it's useless. Look at the next verse says, and which of you being anxious can add a single hour to the span of your life? Empty calories, man, this whole fear thing. It's not bringing anything to your life. It only takes from us. It robs us of our emotional health. It wrecks us psychologically. And above all, it cripples us spiritually. This uh, scholar that I like to read, a guy named R.H. Mounts, he, he talks about uh, what Jesus is saying here and says that Jesus is, is basically outlining us uh, what, what it looks like to be a practical atheist. And what, what he means is, is that in, in, you know, in, in theory or in, in, in your mind, you believe in God. But when it comes down to the, to the practices of life, you, you live as if God doesn't exist when you worry. When you're afraid, it's, it's like you're saying, I don't believe that there is a God, that he is able, and that he will. Fear, worry, they, they steer us away from the trust that we're meant to have in God, and they put our trust instead in our own feebleness, our own inability to control. Todd Wagner is a pastor from Dallas. He said this, that worry is not our friend, that panic is not our way. This um, author that I loved growing up, uh, her books were prevalent in the circles that I walked in, her name was Corey Ten Boom. She was a, a survivor of the Holocaust, and she led courageously as a Christian during that time of Nazi, Nazi fascism, uh, which, by the way, is another deadly virus in our history. Um, she reminds us with these words about worry. She says, worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It just empties today of its strength. Uh, I've heard that 90% of the things we worry uh, or become panicked about never actually happen. And the other 10% are completely outside of our control. I have no study to back that up. This is what I've heard. But I think it's true. My experience has taught me so. Our fears and our worries will never add value to our situation. So Jesus says, skip them. They're unnecessary. They're useless. 
He talks some more in this text about uh, flowers and how they're clothed, you know, like a, a king is clothed, and I'm not going to read those verses for the sake of time, but look, look when he gets to his punchline here in verse 31, Matthew chapter 6, he says, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He starts this whole thing out saying, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious in your life. He explains why, and then he says, so let me tell you again. Therefore, don't be anxious for the things that you eat or the things that you drink or the things that you wear. Don't be anxious for anything. Why? Well, because those anxieties are a sign of you being outside the covenant that I have with you. You see how he talks about Gentiles there? He's talking about those who don't believe in him. He says, people who don't believe in me, they, they make that their life. They worry about those things. And they let that worry, that, that accumulation, that, that, uh, that self-control, that self-comfort, that self-preservation be their aim in everything that they do. But he says, listen, for those of you who trust me, you should know that your heavenly Father knows all that you need. And that your heavenly father, like he provides for the birds, like he adorns the flowers, he, he's able to give in your times of need the things that you need. He knows our names, he knows our needs, and he stands ready to provide. All he asks in return, next verse, is for us to make him the first priority of everything in our life. He says in verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first God and his righteousness, and everything else that you could worry about, uh, it will be added to you as he allots in his time, in his ways, so that you get the very best for your life, and you give him the glory that he deserves as our God. Seek him first. It's the first verse I ever remember hearing. Some, most people, it's like John three sixteen or some of the other common ones, but I think I was seven or eight years old. My parents had just given me my first King James Version uh, Bible with the zipper on it. Anybody remember the zipper ones? Yeah. I had one of those, and I took it to the Sunday school class, and I vividly remember my teacher, Elmer was his name. Wow, I just remembered that. Anyway, uh, but Elmer said, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta memorize this verse, and he took my Bible, and he opened it to Matthew 6, and he underlined verse 33, and since that day, that's been my life verse. It's, and and I, you can have yours, but I think this one is as good a life verse as anybody can have. It summarizes for us the human existence. It makes clear to us uh, our purpose in 19 English words. Seek God in his kingdom. Seek his righteousness. Seek to live a according to his character and the ways that he is instructed. And don't worry, because everything else that you need, all that other stuff that could be your concern, he's in charge of it. Yep. He'll take care of it as you keep him first in your life. This must be something that Jesus really cared about because he hits it one more time. Can you read verse 34 with me? Therefore, don't be anxious about when? Oh, that fits for us right now, right? Because none of us knows where this is going, how it's going to work. But Jesus says, hey, man, don't sweat tomorrow. Tomorrow will have its challenges, its, its anxieties when we get there. And when we do get there, 
The previous thing that I just said still stands. Seek God, his kingdom, his righteousness, and let him take care of the details. He says, as he closes here, sufficient for today are the troubles of today. Let's just take care of today. Don't worry. Don't fear. Walk with God. Trust in him. I have my enough in my now from him, and he will be my enough in the days that come. So if you're afraid, as I close, let me remind you how this whole text started. Jesus said this, therefore, do not be anxious about your life. As we stretch into this next week and the weeks that follow, I'd love to give you an answer that you kind of give as as your standard when people ask you what you're thinking uh, about the things that are happening in our world. Uh, It's kind of a pat answer. It sounds that way, at least when it comes off my tongue, but it's not. It's truth. This is what you say. God's got this. Now, I've studied theology, gone to school, done all the tests and papers. Um, It it wouldn't be sufficient. But they could have just met me at the door and said, here's what you tell people. Take all the classes if you want, but this is the central message that everybody needs to know. Our God is real. Our God is omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. He cannot fail. He will not fail. His plans will always move forward. And so you tell your people, however you want, from whatever direction you want to come, that God has got us, this, our past, our present, our future. He knows where we don't. He has power where we can't. God's got this. God's got this. Because he's in control, we can and should trust him. And get on with making these next days and weeks, not just a season that we survive, but a season, an opportunity to see him work in and through us like he's never worked before. I'd love for us to ask ourselves at least this question, what does God want to teach me personally as I walk through this this season? of potential fears and healthy or health struggle? How does he want me to live so that he receives the glory that he deserves? Not just from my action, but, but from my words and how I speak to people and serve people and honor people. As we close today, let me leave you with these hopes. May God work into us in the days to come a deeper dependence on him and his power. May he free us from our need to control, from our propensity to fear, and grant us in the place of those things an unfaltering faith in him and what he can do. May he lead us to wisdom, the wisdom that we'll require as we move forward. May our choices in this season not be just for our good or for the good of those who are closest to us, but for the good of everybody because God loves them all. It's not just about me. It's about me being aware of how my choices might contribute to a problem or solution in this time. May he keep us connected as his church 
however that looks, and show us new ways to be an encouragement to each other and to those who don't yet know Jesus. As he comforts and soothes us, I said it before, may we be a comfort to all who are around us, always ready to share our confidence in the power of the God that we serve. May we recognize anew our profound frailty, our inability to control, and be made aware of our desperate need for God and his grace. But above all, may you and I walk away from this time together assured of this. God has got this. Since this is true, we can, we should, and I trust we will lift him high in the lowest valley. We'll count on this one thing. Let all the other stuff fall away, but we'll count on this one thing, that the same God who never fails will not fail us now or ever. Amen. Can you stand with us as we sing? Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I Bless your name. to go, you need to know that a miracle in this season has already happened. I finished five minutes ahead of time. So, here's what I think God wants us to do, and I'm, I mean this with all the seriousness of my heart that I can share this with. I, I love our God. I love his church, you guys. Um, this is weird for us not to be together, you know, physical proximity. This is a strange time in the world that we live in. 
Uh, but I believe that God meets us in these moments in ways that we need to pay attention to them. We need to be ready. And I can't help but believe you might be sitting there eating a bowl of cereal in your, in your kitchen nook. I don't know what you're doing right now as you're watching this. But I'm sensing as we're singing this song that God might want to work in your life in a way that maybe he hasn't for a while or ever. And he wants to draw you out of the normal and the mundane. That's what this kind of stuff does. It takes us away from our routines and our rhythms and it causes us to, to reevaluate. So I'm not gonna eat up all the five minutes that I say, but here, here's what I wanna say to you. If God's moving in your life, you can respond to us online, you can email us. I'd, I'd love to know what's going on. But if you're supposed to kneel down at your couch or at your kitchen table and, and, and just uh, have a time with God right now where he could lead you into this faith that we talked about this morning and, and away from fear, that he could uh, refine you and challenge you with the things that need to change so that in this season you can be a witness for him. Uh, whatever he wants to do in your life right now, we're, we're just going to play for a second and then we're just going to sing that chorus one more time. We're going to be done. But whether you're in this room or you're in your room, just take this opportunity to pray, to sense from God what he hopes for you, wants to teach you, where he wants to lead you, the things that need to change, ask him. And then go this week and become what he's called you to be. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley yes i will bless your name yes i will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days lord yes i will lord Yes, I will, even in this day. Yes, I will, God, in every way. Yes, we count on you, Lord. We count on you, God. We lean on you, Lord. We trust you, oh God. God who never fails. Yes, I will. Uh, Father, uh, be glorified in your people today reign in our hearts, uh, grant us your peace that surpasses understanding. Um, keep us in this season in touch with you as we pray. Keep us in season in touch with each other as we encourage and walk forward uh, without fear, knowing that you've got us. Whatever you were uh, speaking to us individually today, wherever we are, uh, lead us to who you want us to be. Uh, show us how uh, we can uh, more make you the priority of our lives, that we would seek first you and your kingdom and your righteousness. 
Use us in the lives uh, of those that you give us uh, opportunity with. Help us to be ready to give a defense to speak with joy of the things that you've done for us and in us. Uh, We love you, Father. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thanks for coming to church. We'll see you.